The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello and welcome to the only baseball podcast in the entire world that started recording with seven days left in the baseball season. No time like the present, my friends. I'm Jake Mintz. That is Jordan Schusterman. We are the Cespedes Family Barbecue, and we are unbelievably amped to be back recording a podcast. Jordan, good morning. Oh, what a pleasure. This is the Baseball Barbacast. It is an honor and a privilege to be joined by you here on this holy Zoom to talk about Major League Baseball. I am so excited to be back, and I love that the people on Twitter were like, wow, this is this is great, just in time for the postseason. It's like, was this the plan? Maybe not. We'll get to all that at the end of the show. The point is, is that we are back recording a Major League Baseball podcast, and we could not be more excited uh, there's obviously a lot of baseball to get to. We are going to review every day of the season uh, in painstaking detail just to make sure we catch you guys up. No, of course we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to dive right into all this stuff. But before we get there, it feels like we should probably talk about like who we are because there are probably some people tapping in. Like, what's this thing? What's this baseball yeah. barbecast? What is going on here? And so we're going to address those folks first. Here's what you need to know. All right. First of all, this is the baseball barbecast. We used to have the Cespedes Family Barbacast, and then we had Baseball Barbecue. So yes, we're running out of names, uh, but just so you know, this is different. The email for the show, and we want your emails. We want people to contact us. We want a lot of interaction. We felt like that's something that we frankly sucked at on our last show. You can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. That is B-A-R-B-C-A-S-T. That's the first thing. The second thing is we have a new home, Jordan, I didn't even have to buy it. You know, housing prices these days are off the charts, especially where I live in New York. But we found a new home for the cheap yes. <laughs> here at Sirius And XM. that is the Sirius XM Podcast Network. We're super excited uh, to be joining them, of course, adjacent to the, the MLB Network radio uh, uh, family, uh, our good friends, you know, Mike Farron, Jim Duquette over there. Um, just super excited to have a, a stable place that we can really build a show. And that's a big part of why we ended up with Sirius. And we'll talk a little bit about more about that later. But uh, so that's that's what this pod is. That's what it's called. That's where it is. But who, who are we? Who are we, Jake? We should probably, again, introduce or reintroduce ourselves, I guess, to the people that maybe have forgotten since we haven't podcasted in so long. Yeah. Okay. So I'm Jake um, and that's Jordan. And we went to middle school and synagogue together. Uh, and that's, you know, like all great duos, Rogers and Hammerstein, um, Cheech and Chong, um, you know, DeGrom and Scherzer. You meet at synagogue. That's where you in middle meet. school in yeah. middle school. And so that's the case with us. In high school, we started a uh, very mediocre uh, website, a WordPress called Cespedes Family Barbecue, named after Joanna Cespedes. We'll explain the video in a second. Uh, we, we rode that to, to incredible fame and high heights. Um, we so many here. dozens of page views that launched mm. our career. Um, yes, we, we went to different, uh, colleges, but we, uh, you know, we started a podcast back then. That's what we really got into the, the podcasting game, the OG Barbacast. I played baseball in college. Jordan played himself. 
<laughs> yes, all four years. I was just playing myself over and over. Uh, but yes, uh, so you know, we'll, we'll plenty of references to Jake's uh, illustrious Division Three baseball playing career. But yeah, so we did that for uh, in college, and then we were fortunate enough to uh, to get hired by MLB uh, after school. Uh, went went work for MLB.com and 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 the cut for part of their website. Uh, and then after that, we did, but we, then we stopped doing our podcast. So that was that was like they were like, "Sorry, guys." Uh, we got enough for you to do. You're no, no podcast for you. And like, oh, that's fine. We're, we have a job in baseball. We're, we're not going to complain too much. And so we were there for a couple of years. And then. And then we, we went, complained too much. And then we complained too much. And then we left. And then we had a show called Change Up on DAZN for a year. And then we got a podcast with The Ringer called Baseball Barbecue. We did that. And then last season, we joined the good folks at Fox Sports, where we are still now writing about baseball. Multiple times a week, you can see our actual words. If you're listening to this, you'll be like, these guys' voices are terrible. Good news, you can just read our words if you still like us that much. Uh, FoxSports.com is where you can find most of our work. Uh, and then that brings us mostly to today. The Let's just quickly, the name. Oh, what's yes. the name about? When Jordan and I started this whole thing like almost a decade ago, we never thought we would have to explain the name to anybody. And now this year, I've explained it to multiple all-stars, uh, multiple uh, MLB general managers, and I've explained it to my grandma multiple times. Uh, and I'm now going to explain it to you, Ioannis Cespedes. You've heard of him. I hope if you haven't, famous Cuban baseball player, defects from Cuba, comes and establishes residency in the Dominican Republic, makes a highlight tape. His highlight tape is 20 minutes instead of three. It has him lifting weights and running shirtless and dancing with former Packers running back Amon Green, and of course has him uh, roasting a pig over an open spit at what we later learned was his birthday party. We were two Jewish kids in high school and thought it was the greatest thing we'd ever seen. Uh, and that's it. And now we're here. Yes. And you're listening to we us. We were like, wow, that's a famous cool baseball player doing a funny, interesting thing, which has generally been kind of our mantra of what we like to talk about over the last decade. Bingo. And so he's certainly given us plenty to talk about. Uh, and we're actually getting to talk about Cespedes a little bit later on in this episode uh, when we get to our email segment. Um, but yeah, that's that's the rundown. Uh, now, what can you expect on this show? What what will the baseball barbecast be about? Now, generally, if you've listened to us before, you you kind of you kind of know what the deal is, right? We're we are trying to have a good time, right? That was always the thing with the barbecast, baseball barbecue, whatever. Is that baseball is a game? We think it is a hilarious game, an entertaining game, a wonderful game, all those things, right? Um, and so that's that's the thing is is we are just trying to have conversations that are going to be enjoyable for us and enjoyable for you to listen to. We are not going to give you the best analysis in the world. Now that said, if there is something that's changed over the last ten years, it's that we have actually uh, been fortunate enough to be around baseball a lot and in, in turn actually gain a good amount of insight. And so we hope that we can also uh, provide uh, the listeners some actual like interesting things into inside look uh, into the game. Ten years ago, we were just dodos in college making jokes about like players, you know, penises, and <laughs> yes. and and now I'm in a clubhouse five days a week, and like right. that's called personal growth. Just so and people professional know, growth. I would say and professional both. growth, <laughs> professional and personal that. growth. And here we are, and we hope that you enjoy it. And the last thing I want you to know, uh, we want you to know, is that this show, you know, there are a lot of podcasts and shows and radio shows out there that claim to be unfiltered. The, you know, yeah. the truth. We're going to be filtered. Um, yeah. Filters are important. Okay. <laughs> you listening to this, your air in where you live is filtered. Your water is filtered. Your car 
the gas in it, I believe, is filtered. If you don't filter stuff, you get cholera. Okay? We are we don't not, want that for you. We don't want audio cholera in your ears. No. Okay? We, we we're not gonna we're not trying to give you the truth or like say it like it is. Okay. <laughs> we're just gonna talk about baseball and we hope you enjoy it. Anything else, Jordan, before we talk about No, I think I think Aaron that's Judge. it. Again, uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, more about, you know, our 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 hiatus of pod uh, at the end of the episode, um, as well as just kind of introduce you know our our newest our newest member but uh you're here and you're listening to this because it is a baseball podcast and the baseball season there are a lot of interesting things happening including one that happened last night did you see the home run in the blue jays yankees game last night jordan danny jansen 14th of the year off garrett cole Pretty impressive season from Garrett the Cole, Toronto Bats. Garrett back. Cole has allowed, I think, 61 home runs this year. Uh, yeah. At least it feels like it. <laughs> um, Is that uh, why no, Roger let's... Maris Jr. was at the game last night? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> he, he sure does He sure does give him up. But no, let's talk about Mr. Aaron Judge. Uh, Jake, when we started you know, planning this uh, inaugural episode uh, recently, it was like, oh, how is this going to line up with Judge 61? Well, here it is. We just got it last night as we record this on Thursday morning. You can open up your home run leaderboard of your choice and see a big old 6-1 at the top, Aaron Judge, uh, miles ahead of, of the next contender, Kyle Schwarber, and most importantly, of course, tying Mr. Roger Maris for the American League record, record, record. All right, so... First of all, let's talk about the actual home run. I'm I'm very glad that it was a ridiculous 117 mile an hour like Aaron Judge, you know, rocket. <laughs> this was this was a a perfect. Uh, you can imagine he was letting not not that hitting 117 is that uncommon for him, but you could imagine he was really letting it all out. A three two, generally meatball from Tim Mesa, uh, just completely launched over the left field wall. What was your initial reaction to the actual homer? So I did not see it live. I am willing to admit I have been on Judge Watch uh, for Fox Sports. I was not last night. I was on a phone call uh, for the uh, Harlem Little League board of directors that I just joined, Humblebrack, and uh, I missed it. I missed the call, and I uh, finished the call and looked at my text, and I had one for my mom. Uh, And that's how I felt. (laughs) Oh, your mom. Your mom let you know. Yeah, my mom was hip to it. Um, Oh, that's great. Wow. See, I I was... I, I I was not on a, a very that's a, now you're making my my evening sound less interesting. I was not watching baseball. I was actually taking a little little break. I was playing some GeoGuessr. I've gotten really into GeoGuessr. I don't know if you're familiar you are with that. And then I yeah, just opened Twitter and then it was one of those things where it was just like, you know, when you click see new tweets and then when you click it, every tweet is the same thing. That's kind of my it was my experience. Yeah. And then I went back so, and watched it. So I guess you can't trust us because neither of us saw it live. Oh wait, it doesn't actually matter. Uh <laughs> The home run itself, like you said, was great. I love that he hit it into the bullpen and not the stands. I was worried when I first saw it off the bat that someone in the front row was going to like tumble, like you know, fall, 20 right. feet into the bullpen trying to catch mm-hmm. it. Hample would have. Um, and Judge rounding the bases, like the Maris family or, you know, Maris Jr. being there. It was all, I think it was about as good as it could have gone, except for the fact that it was in Toronto and not in New York, which I'm sure is a bit of a bummer. He'll have the That's chance to hit um, 62 there. Miggy's Miggy's 500th was there, right? Um, so Toronto's been been having a nice little run of, of milestone homers there. Um, we have to talk about the fan that almost caught it. Did, did you see the yeah. fan? What the fan was named? Uh, the the oh, you didn't see this. You didn't. See I this. saw him try and catch it. I didn't see his name. Oh my god! Oh, 
oh, I'm so glad I get to reveal this to you. In, oh my, this is incredible. Oh my, this is, what an opportunity. Okay, don't, don't look this up. I know you're listening like, oh, this is great. This is, this is a genuine reaction. We did, not, we did not plan this, everybody. Now, my favorite thing about this um, <laughs> is that- Is his name like this, Professor Poopy Pants or something? This guy's name, this guy's name is the most Yankees fan name I've ever seen, except he is a restaurant owner and Blue Jays fan in Toronto. <laughs> Who was wearing a Blue Jays, uh, I believe a Vlad Jr. No jersey. Way. No <laughs> way. No way. His name is Frankie Lasagna. That's not his given name. That's like his that's like an action Bronson pseudonym. Oh, do you think that's like his restaurant stage name? There's no way his <laughs> given name is Frankie Lasagna. I I think it I think it is I think it's Frankie Lasagna. I remember when I used to play FIFA. There was a player named Kevin Lasagna that I always got in my <laughs> franchise mode, and that's when I first was opened up to the possibility that people could be named Lasagna. Yeah. And now when I opened this, I was like, hell yes, Frankie Lasagna. So it's like, hey, Frankie Lasagna owns an Italian restaurant in Toronto. We almost got judged six to one. I, uh, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I'm glad I got to reveal that to you, <laughs> Frankie Lasagna. Franklin Pasta. Frank Pasta. Dude. Anyway, so I just had to mention that. This guy, does he automatically get like the key to the city of New York? If he catches the ball, he's like gets to be mayor for a day. This is the brand that Eric Adams is talking about. Frankie Lasagna catches Aaron Judge's 61st. Well, in this story, uh, in 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 uh, this is uh, on the on the Canadian Canadian newspapers, he says at the end, "I would have held on to it for as long as I could to negotiate, maybe get judged to try to come to the restaurant." <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's not a crazy ask. Um, I, I feel like Judge would who, probably do that. I mean, who knows? Who, maybe Donatello Baked Ziti will catch the sixty-second home run. <laughs> Yes. Well, I want to get to the 60-second home run in a second. Okay. So uh, what do you want to talk about next year? Because there's a lot of different uh, layers, because his name is Frankie Lasagna, uh, to this home run. Nice. And I, do you want to talk about Roger Maris Jr.? Do you want to talk about 61 home runs? Let's talk about 61 eight? home runs. Let's talk about okay, 61 home it. runs. So for those of you who don't know, um, the record for the most home runs ever hit in a single season in Major League Baseball is 73. That was hit oh, by a guy named Beryl Bonds in 2001st. <laughs> yes. um, now, both that record and the home runs hit by Mark, Mr. Uh, Mark and uh, Samuel Sosa and McGuire in 1998 uh, come under somewhat uh, dispute because of the steroidals they were uh, entering into their bodies during that time. That has created a Allegedly. situation. What do you say? Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, not in McGuire's case. Confirmed. Uh, the other two, allegedly, but assumed. Uh, <laughs> that has created a situation where it writes many uh, old heads and grumps, uh, Roger Maris Jr. included, consider 61 to be the real home run record. Go ahead, George. Yes. I want to move Roger Maris Jr. aside because I think he's a separate part of this conversation. Uh, 61 as a record. 61, it is the American League record. I think that it is interesting, right? So much of it feels like the the clamoring to do this is because we are able to say, oh, it's this American League record. Oh, but it's the real record, right? Like, would, like, if he was in the National League and he passed 61, I think people would still be saying the same thing just because they really, people really want 
<laughs> a different person to be on top of that leaderboard, right? And so but because we can say it's the American League, then we can really double down and say it's the real record. The thing that I'm most interested in by just like last night in the last weeks as we've been waiting for Aaron Judge to hit 61 is that he's not at 62 yet. I'm pretty sure he's going to get to 62, right? I think he will get there. Yeah. But I, I truly am a, a kind of surprised that like this has all been about 61 and getting there. And I know 61 years since 61 and Roger Messier has been there. We can get to that. But to me, Tim Meza and all the pitchers that have been avoiding giving up 61, as soon as Judge hits 62, we're going to be seeing that home run way right. more in 30 years than 61, right? And if he doesn't, then of course, then Tim Meza, you know, you're shit out of luck. But I would just say that it's, I've been surprised by how much of it is about the tying it. But, you know, I'm not saying it's not a big deal. I, I just think that I, I feel like the record-breaking one, 62, is the, is the one that we're really looking for if you do believe that that is the new record. So I, I, I think that was interesting. I think part of it is how relatively long he was stuck on 60, right? He hit yeah. 58, 59, 60, like within the span of three days, or four yeah. days or something. Mm -hmm. And so because we spent so much time on 61, it really allowed it, it, or so much time on 60, it really allowed it to build in a way that I think heightened it in a silly way. Now, if Aaron Judge was, na was like, uh, let me think of an example. If this was Prince Fielder, uh, right. This okay. is what I was thinking too. In yeah. 2011 on the Brewers hitting 62, it's a way less big deal. Right. And that's okay. Or, or say, say it is an American leaguer. Let's say, let's say it's an American league guy, right? Prince let's Fielder say, on the Tigers. Right. <laughs> okay. But not Prince Fielder on the Rangers because that was sad. No. But no. yeah, let's say it's an American leaguer. It's less of a big deal. And that's okay. I think... Yes, we want to roll our eyes at everything Yankee world related, but at the same time, it is 61 home runs and it is cool. And there is meaning there for Maris and that number and the stadium and the pinstripes and all of that stuff. It does hold some cachet. And I think totally. that Judge being the guy to do it has heightened the entire experience of it, him being on the Yankees. And I think that's a good thing. That's fine. It's still not the record. And I think what I've been frustrated with online a little bit is like people being like, oh, well, 73 is the real record, right? And then other people being like, no, 61 is the real record. It, you can enjoy Judge doing this and breaking this very meaningful mark without being a schmuck about it not being 73. Like people tweeting, oh, well, he only needs 11 more or 12 more to catch bonds. Like, yeah, of course he does. It's a different thing. Like, we're not talking about that. And here's the other thing. I am, this is even as, as you know, regular human beings, aka a Yankee hater, like, this is absolutely incredible. Like, watching Judge's season has been amazing. And remember, you know, we're born in 1995. Do I remember Barry Bonds hitting 73 home runs? A little bit, but it's not like I remember watching him hit a home run every single night. Like, that, that, must have been so unbelievable in the way that watching Judge this season has been, right? Like, I am so, I feel so lucky to have very much been conscious and working in baseball and watching baseball every night to watch Aaron Judge hit a home run except for last every night. other day. Except for last night. Uh, <laughs> when we weren't watching. But, but like, that's the thing. It is, that, that, that I, I have, I, it, it has felt special to watch yeah. Aaron Judge this season, 100%. And getting to 60 like 60 was like, I, when you see six next to a home run total, like I, that is when I just was like, oh my God, this is, this is totally different, right? You know, we saw Stan and Batista get into the fifties. You know, we've seen that before. Prince, But right, Prince, 
uh, you know, Ryan Howard, you know, 2006. I remember that season even more than, than 2001. Like, we've had these years. You know, even Pete and, and Judge has gotten to 50 before, right? But this is just 60 is just so powerful, regardless of whether it's a real record or not. It is just such an unbelievable season. Um, and that does not need to go away. The American League record stuff is an excuse to celebrate it, right? And I think that's okay. The real record remains 73. I will briefly say I had a weak, a weak moment of like steroid holier than thouness where I was like, man, all these guys like in the in the 90s and the early 2000s, like Bonds and McGuire, it's supposed to like we've been defenders of them and mm-hmm. and like, but they did kind of create a shadow of doubt over the entire thing. Mm-hmm. That was my first I had like a half moment of this while mm-hmm. I was showering the other day. And then, you know, I dried off um, and I was like, we've had, there would be a shadow of doubt anyway, right? There was a shadow of doubt for Maris about the number of games when he broke Ruth's record, right? There was a shadow of doubt when even Ruth did it, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, who is this guy ruining baseball? And no matter what area you're in, there's always going to be a reason to doubt what you're seeing now is real. And like, I don't want to have to view what Judge is doing with skepticism Mm -hmm. or like, I don't want to have the steroid era color my perception of the present. Like, I don't want to be the guy being like, is it real though? It's just a sad way to live. And, and I'm, I've just, whatever, man, it's all, yeah. what's so last thing. And then we'll talk about Raj jr. (laughs) The, what judge is doing in the era he's doing it in, regardless of steroids is to me, the most impressive thing, right? Even when Bonds hit 73, Sosa hit, I think, like 64, 66 or something. Yep, 64. 64. Steroids, not steroids. The league environment at the time was obscene. It was silly. It was nuts. Judge is so much better than his peers right now. And that does deserve the accolades that he's getting, whether or not it's the real record. Which, by the way, I was thinking about, like, if Judge had done this in 2017 when the ball was juiced more than we've ever seen, right? Like, that's another thing, right? I mean, obviously, we over to think that the steroids are not part of the game, but home runs are up and not as much this year. And so that's part of what makes this season so amazing. But, you know, there's all kinds of context. But I totally agree with you. Obviously, the pitching's better than ever and, and all kinds of things. And dominating and being, you know, 20 homers ahead of everyone else is, is amazing. All right. But let's talk uh, about the real star of last night, and that is <laughs> yes. Roger Maris yes. Jr., and junior, me, as he's known in baseball circles. When I say junior, junior, you think you, of Roger. The first Mason. person. It's the first person you think of. Hey, let me let me get this out of the way first. Oh, Roger Maris Jr. believes that his dad uh, has a real record. Yeah, duh. It's I would dad. too. That's fine. Like fine. They, like obviously, if anyone is going to have that opinion and like go for it, it should be him. And the people dunking on him for saying that, like obviously. That is what he's going to believe, and that is totally fine. I don't care. Great. Okay, let's move that aside. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if your dad was Roger Maris, especially because again, like th- this is the thing. Roger Maris, I, I, if I, I'm, he's not in the Hall of Fame, right? No, he's not in the Hall. Yeah, of Fame. he's not, right? He's because he had like the amazing peak and whatever. So it's like this is his thing. He has, it. of course, he can believe. Okay, so let's move that aside. Let's just talk about what Roger Maris has been experiencing. What Roger Maris Jr. has been experiencing over the last 10 days, which is basically caravanning around, sitting uh, in the front row with Aaron Judge's mom and waiting for Aaron Judge to hit home run, uh, like all of us. It's been very funny to watch. 
Um, it has been all kinds of questions, but it's like, oh, and, and look, to, to, well, let's be real though, all the, all the jokes about, oh, well, how's he all, all these vacation days? Roger Maris Jr., um, I'm sure he's doing just fine. I'm sure that he is not uh, losing out on, on big, big, you know, he's, he's skipping work and he's losing, you know, paychecks. I think he'll be okay. I, I, I'm sure that he's got a pretty, I also am pretty sure that if Roger Rose Jr. did work at a regular desk job and he was like, hey, so this guy's going to pass my super famous dad's home run record. So I'm going to, I'm going to need a couple of weeks. I think they'll be like, that's fine, Roger Maris Jr. You go right ahead. So <laughs> let's just get that out. And it's not like his name is like Rod Maris either, right? That helps. Uh, yes. But the thing I always thought about is obviously he clearly, and you know, watching him be interviewed, like he, of course, he, I mean, he was whatever, three when his dad did this, but like he does care, love, love, love baseball, blah, blah, blah. But I just think it's funny. Like, what if he didn't? What if he's just been miserable? Just like, oh God, like I have to be there. All right. All right, yeah, all right, here we go. These games take forever. All right, let's go, let's go, Kamish. Let's speed You know who loves up. the pitch clock? Roger Maris Jr. <laughs> he would have liked it uh, a lot sooner. But, yeah, it, it's been very funny to, to he, watch him. A couple of things. He's not paying for any of this. The Yankees are absolutely footing the bill here, right? Like, yes. Raj, like, come on, man, hop, come along. And I think that that's good. You want to honor Roger Maris, who I think part of it, right, is Roger Maris died young of mm-hmm. cancer. I believe mm-hmm. in, in his early fifties. And so there is kind of a sense and, and it's different for you and I who, you know, he died decades before you and I were born, but like, there is a sense of he should be alive right now. Right. Like, or could be alive right now. And I think that that is notable. Oh, as to why Maris is junior is following along. I, it's just been great having him there. I just the constant panning to him. He's getting fits off. I mean, he looked great last night in that in that uh, in that button down. Him and Judge's mom, like, I, I love that they're becoming buddies. I hope they get coffee now every couple of years. It's just been quite a journey. Also, shouts out to Raj Jr. for for getting vaxxed. I mean, my man's in Toronto. <laughs> yes. He definitely That's got the shot. Love to see that. Love to see that. And I also just think too, back to the original Prince Fielder point, right? Is like, would he be Ooh. around if someone else was chasing it? I if, don't like, okay, think so. If Miguel Sano had <laughs> exactly. become what he was supposed to be, Roger <laughs> Maris Jr. is not in Minnesota in Target he, Field. He's, he will. He would have like made a video, right? Like if he had passed it, they would have had him on the big screen saying, "Congrats, oh, congratulations, Miguel. Miguel!" Yeah, but he. There's no chance if this was not a Yankee yeah. that that he would be going to every game. I think zero percent chance. I truly believe that. Now, last um, point, and not to be too cynical about it. One of the reasons I believe that Roger Maris Jr. is is around town so much is that he does have a business here. <laughs> I believe it's called Sixty One Outfitters, and oh, the yes. the slant. Which, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, the I'll slant is basically, my dad hit the home run record, and I like hunting, uh, and it's like hunting gear with sixty ones on it. I'm not joking. Like this is. A real thing, Roger Maris no, Jr. No, no, no. I know, and I, and I'm what I'm what I'm laughing is is you're you're doing is bidding. I mean, we're promoting sixty one. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Hell yeah! That's exactly what that. he wanted. Yeah, that's, good for Roger Maris funny. Jr. Everyone, go out there, buy Roger. I've never hunted, uh, but if I did, yeah. if I was in the, the home, woods, home run hunting, taking down elk or duck, I'd be yeah. rocking that Roger Maris sixty one Outfitters hat, uh, which is great. I love that this is also. Uh, slightly business opportunity, but to Roger Maris Jr.'s credit, he's not rocking any of his stuff on TV, 
which he easily could no he I could have he he could have just been decked out for for yeah. every game just to make sure it would, right. be, it would be playing on loop forever oh my god i'll say this if i if if i broke the home run record mm-hmm. and jake mintz jr was gallivanting around america <laughs> you know to watch uh mm-hmm. joey gallo the third right break my record i would want my son to be rocking whatever type of gear he wants. I he could be like oh. wearing like a bet three six five hat or whatever. Like like it he's, decks he's himself out for sale. Him. You're just saying that he should be taking advantage of the screen time and just cashing in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, love that. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the other New York team. The other biggest story in baseball, and probably the biggest story left in baseball, uh, because it's been a dud. It's been a dud. I'll say it. New playoff structure sucks. We'll talk about it next week. That's another That's another conversation. Uh, we do have a spicy division race in the form of the Mets and the Braves, um, which will be this weekend a three-game series in Atlanta at Truist Park. Now, here, let's say this before we get to the baseball. Uh, all the consternation over the past couple of days about, oh, this game's in Atlanta. They're going to get a bunch of rain because there's a hurricane. Hey, there's a hurricane. It's very serious. People's lives are being impacted in very serious ways. Let's not be online being complaining about how this is going to impact your team's ability to make the division. All right. I Look, we all are very self-centered. We all care about what we care about. And I totally get that. But this feels like not the time to be uh, complaining about that. And if the baseball games get impacted in some ways, so be it. Oh, boo-hoo. You have to play a day-night doubleheader on Sunday? Well, people's houses are underwater. So, so let's, let's, let's just keep that. Let's just keep that in mind. Okay. So now look, this is a baseball podcast. We're still going to talk about the baseball. I just want to remind people that they're much more serious. This is not like a situation where there was some other, you know, like, oh, Cirque du Soleil's in town and it's ruining the, you know, the scheduling for my team. Like, no, no, no. It's not like the uh, San Antonio Spurs rodeo trip. Okay. This is a hurricane. (laughs) The only people to blame here are Here's a take. Major corporations and world leaders for global warming. If you want to yes. send your uh, – <laughs> if you want to send your yeah, just, uh, just anger send, somewhere, send them, along. Send, send them a nice message. I'm sure they'll read it. Okay, let's talk about the baseball. The point is this series will happen in some capacity over the next week, and it's a good one because they're tied. And no, they're the not. First thing, they're not tied. They're, they're not tied. They're not I know tied. you didn't watch any baseball last night, Jordan. Oh, right. But the New York no, Mets won on a Mets walk-off, and the Atlanta Braves lost on a walk-off – Pretty uh, unacceptable loss for the Braves getting down by the the Nats. Uh, the Braves had a runner on third, one out in the top of the 10th. And Dansby Swanson got jammed by a uh, Kyle Finnegan cutter. And he hit it to third base. And the run didn't score. And then C.J. Abrams hit a walk-off in the bottom. And the Braves lost. And then in Queens, Eduardo Escobar. The Mets came back. The Mets came yeah. back down 4 uh, to zero late in the game. Eduardo Escobar, five RBIs in like the last four innings of the game. Awesome post-game interview. Truly the moment where I was like, oh, maybe the Mets won't totally fuck this up. But I'm glad you you phrase it like that because uh, I really do just want to hammer home that even if the Braves end up on top here, this is not because the Mets choked this away. Now, look, I know that, yes, if you just look at how the Mets have played over the last month relatively and some of the bad teams that they've lost to, you could frame it that way. 
But this has not felt like it. the Mets have convinced me that they are not the old Mets. Truly, I do believe that. And even if they lose in the postseason, like this isn't a great, great, great team. And unfortunately, the Braves, the defending champs, who have added a bunch of new awesome pieces, are also great, 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 great. And so that's just that's just the nature of, of a, a really good division race. And so if the Braves happen to catch them and beat them and then they win the series this weekend at home, that's because they're really good. And that's okay. <laughs> and so, and look, it's not fun for Mets fans. I know that they still want to win the division, and I totally get that. Uh, but I would still say that this has still been a successful season for the Mets, and it's been amazing to see them get back to this point. And just the fact that, yeah, it has been since 2016 that they've made the postseason is is kind of wild. Um, but yeah, this is they're they're a great team. So so who do you? I mean, do do you actually who do you actually think is better here? Forget about who is because who ends up winning. I don't think is really necessarily answering the same question of who's better because again, what's going to happen in the next week is, is, is we'll just see. Do you actually have a feeling of, of who, which is the better baseball team here? I think the Braves are better. Um, and I think it, it, this is not fair because the, both teams have had big chunks of their season without significant players, right? So like the Mets didn't have Scherzer and DeGrom for a big part of the season, right? And the Braves didn't have Acuna and didn't use Strider as a starter until like June 1st, I think. Um, and, and the Braves are missing Albies, right? Albies. And the Braves are missing Albies and like all that stuff matters. But for me, the since Strider moved into the rotation and I know he's out right now, the Braves are kind of a more complete team. And I think their pitching does match up with the Mets. Like it sounds absurd, but Freed right strider versus DeGrom Scherzer Bassett like that's I know Scherzer and DeGrom I mean, are great I'm I'm not denying and they're that. better right yeah they're no definitely it's, better. it's way cl- it's way closer it's way closer than you realize and DeGrom because he's been on a relatively short inning leash that's kind of been a factor there and him and Scherzer are you know they've been hurt a lot I in a five-game set I would still probably take the Mets' arms, but it's really close. It's and closer than you would realize because in our minds, still Kyle Wright is like the last guy on the postseason roster in 2021, but he's been a top 15 starter in baseball this year. Yeah, and I would say that Wright and Strider's emergence has kind of covered up for a minor step back from Charlie Morton. I think we finally started to see his his NA is still striking out a lot of guys, but I, I I would have to say that he doesn't look quite as dominant now. Maybe in postseason, you know, he's been so amazing in the postseason. So I, I would recommend not then. not breaking his leg this year, though. Yes, yeah, because that was totally his fault. He broke his leg. Yeah, um, yeah, but like he might be the game four starter. That's a pretty good place to be, right? I mean, yeah. that's <laughs> and that's that's probably better than what the Mets have, right? In terms of game three and four starters. So yeah. Um, but but again, we're not talking about them playing five game series. It's just like who who do we trust? And, and yeah, it's it's really close. I mean, the, the other thing with the Mets is, I mean, they have two MVP candidates in Lindor and Alonso. And I know people laugh like, oh, you know, John Heyman tweeted like Pete Alonso MV, MVP MVP. It's like first of all, forty years ago, Pete Alonso would be the MVP <laughs> because he has forty home runs and one hundred and thirty one RBIs on a team in first place. So that's basically automatic <laughs> first place MVP. <laughs> we would be talking about him and Goldschmidt. Um, but Pete's season has been has been excellent, and we should not overlook that. Uh, Lindor has obviously bounced back in a big way offensively this year. Uh, but it's it's a really complete lineup, and Escobar has been one of the best players in baseball this month. Yeah. Um, uh, Escobar season, I would say. Would you say had might has? 
probably i would say i have to ask not big Nas. okay we'll, we'll check we'll check in with him uh now the Marte injury is also concerning him not really playing like that is that if Marte was was full strength I would kind of feel better about the uh, Mets overall offensive contingents uh and the I, DH I, the hole right now is yeah that, that part's not not great either uh but still I I still I actually still lean that the Mets are slightly better um but th- now the one thing is not about like oh the Mets are good but like they are not as used to this setup, right? Scherzer is, obviously. Scherzer is very familiar with the stage. Um, and Lindor, I guess you could say, uh, to some degree. Uh, but the rest of them, not quite as much, right? And so because of that, uh, I think the Braves are certainly in a much better position to, to ease into the postseason more comfortably. And that said, you know, again, uh, Michael Harris, whatever, and, and Strider and some of these new, new guys, but they seem pretty comfortable. I'm not too worried about their talent, uh, you know, going, going a little bit lower uh, in, the, in the postseason. So I'm excited for this. Do, do any anything else on Unmet's Braves? I just won a five-game set. I think it'll be reminiscent of the Dodgers-Giants NLDS last year, mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, these are the two teams. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the teams. Um, now, the Dodgers warp our perception of a good baseball team and what that looks like. These the Mets and the Braves are outstanding, and the Dodgers are just like won 107 games. Like, ruined. like like the percent. Mets, uh, Braves run differential plus 179. Mets run differential plus 156, you know, one game apart. Amazing seasons, right? And I believe those are behind Houston and the Yankees, right? Those are the, the, the fourth and fifth. Play. The Dodgers are at plus 322. Okay, they're like more than double where the, where the Mets are at, okay? Like it is completely, it is completely ridiculous. Okay, so that's, so that's that. But, that, but Mets, Braves, we, we are very excited about it. And, um, and, I, and yeah, I hope they get the games in. Of course, it's, you know, I, I, I am curious how, if, if anything does happen with the scheduling, but like, it's not the biggest concern. If they had come into this tied, I would have taken the Braves, but the Mets winning last night is a big deal because the Braves, I believe, need to take all three to have the tiebreaker mm-hmm. over them. And right. so if the Mets take two of three, they leave, or sorry, even if the Braves take two of three, they leave tied, but the Mets still control their own destiny because they have the tiebreaker. So they're basically, right now, they're basically two games up, right? Mm-hmm. That's the difference for me. And I don't like that there's no tiebreaker this year. Again, we'll talk about this next week about the new structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to uh, sit down this weekend and do nothing but watch the Mets play the Braves. Uh, now, <laughs> let's yeah, let's take ahead. a break. Let's take a break here. Um, we will be back in a in a jiffy to discuss the Orioles and the Mariners our favorite baseball teams people have been clamoring for this and you'll hear it in a quick sec this is Bob Kendrick president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and host of Black Diamonds a serious XM original podcast this week we're telling the story of a man who lived a life the man who broke the color barrier for the New York Yankees in 1955 and resides forever in Monument Park the great Elston Howard That's all this week on an all-new Black Diamonds, available now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back here on Baseball Barbacast. Jake Mitz, Jordan Schusterman. Uh, We each like a baseball team. Uh, I like the Orioles. Jordan likes the Mariners. And somehow they are relevant 
this year, the both of them. Where yes. are we at right now, now Jordan? A, a year ago, let's just remind everyone, a year ago, the Mariners were trying to make a miracle postseason push as the Orioles were the worst team in baseball. And the Mariners were rooting for the Orioles because they needed them to beat the Red Sox and give the Mariners life for the last weekend of the season. Fast forward to you. Now, the Mariners, of course, did not make it last year. And then Though the Orioles Mariners came not, through. The Orioles came through. The Orioles did their job. Uh, the Nationals did not. <laughs> but uh, the Mariners came up short last year. Now, last year's Mariners team was not actually good. This year's Mariners team is actually good. But we came into this year thinking the Orioles would hopefully be taking a moderate step forward and the Mariners would hopefully be pushing for the postseason. Instead, the Mariners are pushing for the postseason and the Orioles have made like a 25-win jump or whatever <laughs> from last year and are still mathematically alive as we record this on September 29th, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, which this year, it was funny, I was thinking this, this week, I found myself rooting for the Red Sox to beat the Orioles, the last place Red Sox to beat the Orioles so that the Mariners can stay alive. Now, the people wondering, oh, is this breaking you guys? Oh, is this going to... No, because the truth is, the fact that the Mariners and Orioles are fighting for a postseason spot in 2022 is an amazing, wonderful thing. It is obviously a win-win, and I'd much rather the Orioles be chasing them than the Twins or the White Sox or, you know, whoever. Uh, that said... Uh, I will enjoy it much more in future seasons once this drought is over. <laughs> and I hope that the Mariners can uh, officially uh, clutch it. And uh, I will be flying to Seattle literally later today to watch them uh, this weekend, a, a trip I planned uh, about a month ago, hoping to see them clinch. And it's looking quite nicely that I will be able to do that. So I'm very excited about that. But Jake, regardless of the Mariners situation, how have you felt about this Orioles season since it looks like they will be eliminated here in the next couple of days? It's... Maybe this is like loser mentality. It's never been about making the playoffs. There was maybe like two days where I thought it was a real possibility. I would say, I think they were like a couple games back before they had a big Blue Jays series where they lost uh, in Toronto. And then there, uh, this past week, heading into Saturday, where the Orioles had cut the lead down, I believe, to two and a half games, maybe three and a half games. And we're up on the Astros and the Mariners were losing to the Royals. And then the Mariners came back and the Orioles uh, coughed up the lead to the Astros. And so just to see competitive, meaningful, energetic, purposeful quality baseball in Camden Yards has been enough. I, there are certain parts about the Orioles season that are unfortunate trading away Trey Mancini and Jorge Lopez uh, not calling up Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rushman as quick as I could. Not trading for anyone at the deadline. There are probably like two or three wins to be found in those obvious decisions. That being said, the same front office that put this team in a position to be this close this late in the, into the year. Like they got this team there and it's hard to really raise a stink about that. And I'm not going to future- beggars can't be choosers. And the future is so bright. And honestly, like I hope and and I, I do believe, easy to say this now, hopefully the Mariners will make the postseason this year and the drought. And next year, when the Orioles can really start, you know, putting it into gear and like actually really in full-fledged, we can believe to, that we are going to try to win, then they can be duking it out and it's not like at the expense of the Mariners and it's just like a fun, you know, thing that we can both enjoy fully. And um, there's no, yeah. like... I have not – I think the only game I rooted for the Mariners to lose was on Saturday. Um, <laughs> yes. And other than that, 
it's been fun, which like, is fine. You should. It's like we are, we are, we want our own teams to win, of course. But that's not. Yeah, the Mariners are better. Also, yeah. <laughs> right? It's not. I'm not a dumbass. Like I, I watch yeah. these games, and like yeah. I want you to be happy. I like you, Jordan. People who oh, root against their friends' sports teams, come on! Don't you want to yeah. see the people around you have joy? Like also. Yeah, I, granted, like the context here of of both of our teams being so crappy for the last few years has really made it a lot more easy for both of us to to enjoy Correct. each other's successes. But that is we look that 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 is maybe that's not as spicy as some people were hoping. Uh, and I guess mathematically it could still swing. And on Monday this could be a very different conversation. But I believe when we talk next week, Mariners will be in the postseason, and uh, that'll be a, its own separate fun conversation. I am very excited for you, Jordan, because. Your Mariners fandom and how it kind of was born staying up late in high school, watching Justin Smoke suck. Like, you have earned this moment. Even as a non-Seattleite, you have embraced this team despite their ineptitude. And I genuinely hope that you, as a loyal fan who suffered through the dark times, get to see the emergence from the tunnel into the light this weekend. Um, yes. going somewhere alone. Like this is, I took a similar trip in 2014 where I went to Kansas city to see the Orioles get swept in the ALDS or ALCS. <laughs> and it was a very meaningful moment for me. And I hope that you have a more joyful version of that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I hope so too. So if you're listening and you're going to be in Seattle at any of the Mariners games this weekend, let me know. Uh, maybe we can hang out because Jake won't be there and I don't have anyone else coming with me. So that will be a good time. Looking forward to that. Uh, Jake, let's move uh, to our next segment. And I, an introduction to a new segment. Now, by the way, people who listen to Baseball RQ wondering, oh, what about these segments? Some of them may come back, some of them may not. But for this week, for our first episode, we wanted to bring you something new. And that is our first segment known as Backpage Barbacast. Jake, what is Backpage Barbacast? You know... Living and working in New York, you, you you take a look at the back page of the local bloids, known to you people as tabloids, but cool people like me call them the bloids. Um, and you see, you know, spicy headlines, like attention grabbing, and we want to bring that same kind of energy here. So every week we'll role play, you know, some big news around baseball where I will be the person coming up with the headline at the newspaper, and Jordan will be my boss. And I will say, no, that sucks. Or, brilliant. This Bloyd is going to crush. <laughs> People will, it will, they will, it will be impossible to resist picking this up because of this great headline. And our topic this week is one Tony LaRussa, who is just, it seems, I, it hasn't been officially announced by the White Sox, although it seems to be, say, reported that he will not be returning next year for probably both health reasons and the fact that the White Sox are have been one of the most disappointing teams in 2022 by far. They have, might not even finish above 500. Uh, they're currently three games under. One of the biggest uh, disasters this year. And he is at least some portion part of it. Now, he has, of course, not been around for the eight-game losing streak they are currently on. Uh, but, uh, Jake, you have been tasked with coming up with a headline for, I, I guess, what we'll call the end of the Tony La Russa era uh, for the Chicago White Sox. So what do you got? La Lusa. Tony's Sox tenure ends in shambles. La Luza. Okay, I, this is good. I was thinking we would go somewhere with how can we work in Luza, Loser, 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 La Luza. La Luza. 
Lo, I thought it was going to be like La Russa the Loser or something like that. It sounds um, like a John Sterling call. <laughs> I love it. La, la, so it's La Lusa. How is that spelled? <laughs> L-O- I think I also you just like, go la, loser. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's like the loser, right? La <laughs> so. Loser. Tony Sachs tenure ends in shambles. Then <laughs> the other one would be Phony Tony. Mm-hmm. Phony. But see, here's the thing. Tony LaRusso is not a phony. He is a lot of things. I don't think that is the word I would use to describe him. Um, very good. I was wondering if you were going to go somewhere along the lines. Some some sort of play on old man yells at cloud. Uh, but I don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways we could we could go with that. But I love this. Lalusa. Tony's socks tenure ends in shambles. Lalusa. La Lusa. What, what was the what was it earlier this season with the what was the fan yelling at him? Oh, to pinch like, to pinch run. No, oh to pinch run. Oh, I was thinking also the the intentional walk, um, where they were like, "He has two strikes, Tony. What are you doing?" But anyway, uh, it was eventful. It was disappointing. He made you bike uh, across uh, the country, and uh, for that, I am actually thankful of Tony Russo because that was a great. Uh, trip. When baseball teams do stuff. I generally give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that makes me a dummy, but I find that they are operating with more information than we are 99% of the time. And so like criticizing a team for a particular decision is valid and like a big part of our jobs as people who discuss baseball. But when I go to bed at night, I'm like, you know what? Maybe they know what they were doing. Example, (laughs) Harrison Bader for Jordan Montgomery. Okay. I thought it was stupid. And then Jordan Montgomery was incredible. And I thought it was even dumber. And after watching Harrison Bader for like two minutes, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I see what Brian Cashman was doing, right? That being said, when the White Sox <laughs> hired Tony La Russa and everyone, me and all, all the homies, all the homies uh, hated on um, this hire. And we were so right because this ended and transpired exactly exactly how everyone said it would, right? Yep. In one, year one, the team was too talented for LaRusso to mess it up, right? Mm-hmm. And in year two, it was such a freaking unmitigated disaster that everything fell apart. Now, is it all Tony's fault? No. The roster construction was a problem. The second line of players, you know, dudes underwhelmed, like our friend Lucas Giolito. <laughs> you know, I get that. That's true, right? Uh, Luis Robert was merely good instead of, Mancata was horrible for four months, right? I mean, right. It, yeah. not all of Tim that Anderson can be put on hurt. Tony, but yep. the 2021 Giants were an example that coaches who know what they're doing are able to get the most out of players. You spend time around the Braves, you spend time around the Dodgers and the Mets this year, and the Yankees. There is so much consideration into helping players improve and getting the most out of them, and that's a big deal in terms of liking where you work and putting your best foot forward at your job. And LaRusa was the opposite of that every step of the way, right? And in a way that was entirely predictable and embarrassing and legitimately sets the White Sox franchise back a lot. And I am sorry for fans of that team. And I hope that they can recover uh, when Paul Konerko is named manager in three months. I mean, here's the thing. They could still win the division next year. Because yeah. they still have a lot of talent and they still like a lot of it's still young and they're under team control. Like it's just, it's not like th- this is a problem. This is not a bad team, <laughs> but right. boy, have they played like it. Um, all right. 
Let's move on to our first ever email segment. Jordan, would you say that we're in our bag? We're in our, we're in our inbox. Oh. Uh, baseball Barbacast, B-A-R-B-Cast at gmail.com is where you can email us. We will read one a week. We got a lot, some great emails. Uh, and we might save some of these for future weeks, off-season, whatever. So keep them coming. We appreciate it. Uh, the, the one we are going to talk about this week comes from Mason. Mason says, go ahead, Jay. You can, I, I know you like to read the emails. The subject of this email is Yoannis. So hell yeah. Over under nine and a half dingers for Yoannis in the Dominican Winter League. Also, does he stay true to his words from 2014 when he said he'd like to come back and finish his career in Oakland? One can only hope. Best, Mason. So for those of you who don't know, Yoannis uh, Cespedes, the one and only, is playing uh, winter ball this year in the Dominican for Aguilas Sireñas, where he played before he played in MLB. He is in his late 30s now. He has not seen live professional pitching since August of 2020. Um, but yet he's giving it a go down in the Dominican. Over under nine and a half dingers. That is a great question. I would hammer the under like nobody's business because hitting homers in that league is very hard. Only a couple of people even get to 10 in a given year. I, I have, do any, does anybody, I, I'm looking at last year what the leader was. Um, the leader in homers last year. No, that can't be right. That's got to be the. I'm looking at the, the postseason. Uh, yeah, it's basically impossible. Marcelo Zuna played last year and was dominant. And I think he got to like eight. So if if Giannis hits ten home runs, we are going to be going nuts. Yeah. Um, now, if, relates, he, if he hits five home runs, we are going to be going nuts. If he hits one, I'm going to be stoked. Like, <laughs> I, this is the same as his performance in the 2020 Mets. Just show up, give me a couple highlights, and and everyone's happy. Now. Yeah. I will say this, second part of the question, coming back and finishing his career in Oakland. Mm. Still improbable for the reason I mentioned before, aka he hasn't seen live pitching in more than two years. But the combination of him playing this offseason and the A's absolutely sucking eggs does somewhat open the door and uh, universal DH, which means, Mm. you know, more jobs, even though the A's are in the American League, whatever. Mm-hmm. Does open the door. Just, just a crack. Just a, just a crack. If Johannes hits over nine and a half homers, I think the A's would give him a spring training invite. I hope we get another just like, Yo's working out for scouts in March, right? Um, that would be wonderful because uh, it's not, it, it, I just, we, he has never, obviously not announced his retirement at any point. We last saw him disappearing and, and, you know, I didn't see him, we should say, in August 2020. Um, was it July? I don't know. Really early. And I just, I, I'm just super excited to watch him. I think he'll, he will play. I'm curious if he's going to play outfield or if he's going to be DHing for them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a while. We're just excited to watch him play baseball again. And if he goes to Oakland, that would be absolutely tremendous. The Yoannis um, Juan Lagares outfield combo for Aguilas is going to oh, send 2020. Robles? Or, Robles in Robles, too? 2017 Mets fans into into oblivion. We uh, don't. We're we're gonna have a lot. Oh, here here in the last few years, Peter O'Brien, who had like one of the best seasons 18? ever a few years ago, he had no dude. He had it was nine in the regular season. I think okay. he might have gotten to like twelve or eleven. So yeah, it, ten is it, 
The point is, Mason, 10 is not happening, but boy, would it be cool. All right. Okay, let's uh, move on to our final part of this inaugural bar bacast. Oh, man. Jake, here we are. We're still podcasting. They haven't, they haven't kicked us off yet. This is amazing. I, I can't believe it. I've, I've, been, I've, I've conditioned myself to believe that I was actually not meant to be uh, podcasting about baseball. But here we are, and we are here now to discuss where the heck we've been. Because if you've been listening to this whole episode, and you listen to this first episode, there's a decent chance you're probably wondering, what, what in the world took so long? Now listen, we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty details because that's not for public consumption. But the point but is... if you run into me in public and buy me a beer, <laughs> I will talk shit. <laughs> The point is, I did it at that. synagogue this past week. I ran into someone That's and they were good. like, "What happened?" A great place like, on on Rosh Hashanah. What a great place to, to talk some shit. Sneak that in. Well, it's the perfect the time. You got. I, I get to tone next week. <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's, it's perfect timing. Um, so as you know, we had a podcast the ringer. We had a wonderful producer named Bobby Wagner. We had a great time producing the podcast, making a podcast with Bobby Wagner. If you might recall, if you're a baseball fan, there was something called the lockout. That happened last offseason. I know we're all trying to forget that that ever happened. It's when you forget uh, your keys in your apartment. Yes. And so we uh, had planned to, you know, we had our pod with the ringer. We did it last season. We were going to do it all off season, And then we were going to figure out maybe for this season if we would go somewhere else, whatever, because our contract was up. But when the lockout came, uh, we were told, actually, you're not going to be podcasting. We got locked out, too. We got locked out, too, from podcasting. Even though lockout, I mean, we would have had all kinds of fun doing lockout content. Uh, but instead, we were saying, we were like, oh, we can't do podcasts. We said, oh, that's so that sucks. And real is weird. And by the time lockout ended, we were, our contract was over. And so we were no longer with Ringer. And that was disappointing because we, then we were just gone. And then it was almost opening day. And then it was like, now what? What are we, what are we going to do here? Um, and, and then so, we had to like do our real, our, not our real job, but like our, this is also <laughs> our real job. But we had to do our other job with Fox writing all the time. Exactly. And so we were just like, we wanted to find a place for our podcast that we felt was a real home that we could build it up and we could have a real, you know, a, a cool place. We did not want to recklessly launch one, uh, just go rogue and do one before opening day. And so we kind of put it off and we were like, ah, oh, we'll just do college baseball podcast. We did that with D1 pod. You know, we do our D3 podcast because we're crazy. Uh, and then the, the, then the season was halfway over and we still didn't have a major league baseball podcast. And then uh, we just kind of were like, well, this is unfortunate, but we better, we better figure something out because there's no college baseball to talk about. So that's when we got connected with the folks at SiriusXM. And then uh, after weeks of uh, waiting, <laughs> probably longer than it needed to be, we managed to put this together. Just and in time. that is just in time. Was it the plan? So, but again, this is what I'm saying again. The people that are like, oh, wow, genius. They'll do it right when the, no, 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 this no. was not. We wish we were back a long time ago, but we appreciate everyone's patience very much because uh, we have obviously missed doing this and we're excited to be back. Now, the other important thing we must address is that Bobby Wagner is no longer here because Bobby Wagner is still making podcasts. So the ringer, good for him. We love Bobby. To be clear, our relationship with Bobby <laughs> is great. I called Bobby last we night. Love, we love Bobby, Bobby came to my birthday party. Okay. We were everything. Jake, Jordan, Bobby, there's love. There's nothing but love. Now, that being said, Bobby's not producing this podcast. Who is producing this podcast? There is a new Bobby, everyone. Oh, now, yes. new Bobby has a name. Chris. Chris Tyler, a.k.a. Kangaroo Jacked. <laughs> Please say hello <laughs> to the masses. That's former left fielder for the Research Law Plenty Baseball Club's fourth team. 
Chris Tyler. Thank you very much. Whoa, whoa. He's, Please, he's dropping my official title. Let's get now, it out there. For those, the top. <laughs> those of you listening now understand why I referred to him as Kangaroo Jacked. And that is because Chris, despite, I mean, he is a nice guy. Yes, but he's also Australian. And, yes. you know, for dumb people like us, that is the headline. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, think about it this way. He knew who Timmy Trumpet was before two months ago. Oh, yeah. I was, I've, I've, no, I, I only knew like one or two songs before that one, and I actually didn't know Narcos before I saw the the Diaz walkout. So I'll, I'll, I'll admit that you still knew more than, but the rest I still of us. knew him, and I've seen you know highlights from sets and things like that. But I did have a, an active knowledge of Timmy Trumpet prior to yes. that whole Incredible. thing. Incredible, amazing. Now Chris, so, uh, Chris will be hopping on from time to time, uh, offering his uh, his Australian insight and charm. But we should note that. Jordan and Chris have known each other for years and that Chris coming to work on this show is a very bizarre um, case of serendipity that I would like you to, to explain. Yes. Well, as you know, anyone that's just moved to New York city uh, after college, you know, you don't necessarily always have a plan for housing. And sometimes you end up uh, on a good thing called uh, Craigslist. Uh, and named after our friend, Craig Goldstein. Named after our friend, Craig Goldstein. And we just say, and it's like, hey, well, I got to find something cheap where I want to live. And, and if I end up with r- weird roommates, so be it. And so I ended up in a place uh, in Bushwick. And uh, shortly after, uh, so did Chris. And it was the same place. <laughs> it was not somewhere where we expected. We, we did not know each other. Uh, but yes, Chris and I lived in the same apartment for uh, about five months, six months, uh, I believe. In, in, yeah, maybe that, just to tick over six months, I think. Tick over six months? Uh, and we got along, right? This wasn't a situation where when I found out Chris was going to be a producer, I was like, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> that guy sucked. Man, that guy never cleaned <laughs> the dishes. <laughs> Always yes, walked oh, around we... topless. <laughs> he was just, he was, he was just a, just a menace. Uh, but no, we, 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 were, we were buds. And Chris, we watched the Super Bowl as, as together. Our, we watched the Super Bowl together. I can't remember how much football. baseball. Did we watch any baseball together? You were probably on the phone that's with Jake, I think, every night. Watching well, and, and most most of it was was more in in, in the off season. I would say we didn't oh, that's cover the, it true, wasn't as, actually, yeah. as much of the summer. So we might have. We I think were, we we might have overlapped in at the start of the twenty. What was that? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, it would have been. Maybe? It would have been the seventeen postseason. Would have been the seventeen. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but the point is, is that this is a hilarious reunion uh, for for Chris and I. But I do know that Chris is a, a, a great a great gent a great. Uh, baseball fan too and this is the other thing that we want to establish because everyone that listened to our old podcast knows Bobby's a Mets fan and there's a great chance we will have Bobby on at some point to talk about the Mets in the next month very 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 likely but Chris we wanted to as you just started to establish your baseball credentials uh, we just wanted to, to for people to know what is your baseball fandom and uh, and the three baseball things that are most important to you so that people can get familiar with you because they they know us they know our, our deal but just so that they can know what to expect when we're, we're calling on you uh, on the podcast. Yeah, so I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. And this stems back, and this will be one of the, the three baseball things that I care about. This stems back to 2010, I think it was. So I didn't watch a lot of baseball growing up. For the first 20 years of my life, hardly watched any. We didn't have cable. I didn't have access to baseball. There was no physical way for me to watch baseball until I was 20. Then we got cable and that opened up a world of possibilities for me. It was the most exciting thing of my life. And we were on... Wait, dude, Cinemax, am I right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we were on a, a family vacation and everyone went to bed relatively early. I was sleeping on the couch. There was nothing on TV. Uh, Cinemax, I found... am I right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
I found a baseball game and the Giants were playing in big time Timmy Jim. Tim Linskin was pitching. And in that instant, I fell in love with the game of baseball because of him. I don't know exactly what it was. Just just his pitching style, his technique, his hair. It all drew me in. And I fell in love with baseball and and haven't looked back since. So that is why I'm a Giants fan. That is the biggest thing that I love about baseball is Tim Linscombe. And that hair, that fall off was unfortunately pretty quick. Like it was only good for another few years after that. And like it just, it spiraled really quick, but you know, still had some success as a, as a, as an oh, overall Giants oh, team. It was, it's been it's, a good, it, it's been a good 10 years yeah, or so. It, well, exactly. And so even it's, it's, it's funny, right? Because one of the, the tragedies, right. Of, of Tim Lincecum, uh, is that he really was only good for the very beginning of the Giants being good. Yeah, and then Bumgarner um, sort of replaced him as that ace. And right, that was a but, fun. but to your point, like, it's so how convenient and wonderful that he was your entry yeah. into baseball, into your favorite team that would then go on to win three World Series. Like, that is incredible. And Lincecum is, is the perfect kind of guy that we can appreciate, you know, falling in love with baseball for. Exactly. Best gateway, best gateway drug ever. <laughs> it really was. And unfortunately, so I went to the States a couple of years after that, tried to, no, in, in fact, it was probably the year after that. It was probably like 20, 2011, maybe. And um, I wanted to watch Tim Blinskin pitch. So I went up to San Fran for a couple of days, missed out on him, but saw Matt Kane and saw Bumgarner before he was really Bumgarner. Mm. And so I never got to actually watch my guy pitch live, which was a bit of a bummer, but... Still had a couple of wins. Actually, one of those games I should mention was the game that spawned the Buster Posey rule. Where Buster Posey broke his leg at home plate. I was at that game. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's a great moment. I think that was the first MLB game that I ever attended. It was either the first or the second. I can't remember which one it came. But uh, you're like, this is this is just like the AFL. This is amazing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Guys running into each other. Yeah, that is an amazing fun fact. So we asked you. So, so is is Tim Litzkum, is I assume is the one baseball thing you care about the most. Yes. Uh, what what are the other What are the other two? Just so people can can be familiar. the second one is the pursuit of a perfect game. Right. I'm I'm a big I I, mm. I love pitching duels. I love clean first innings. I love everything like that. And that's all. Obviously, it's 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 tough because we haven't had a perfect game for many 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 years, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. They're not keeping pitches in for look at that. Thanks to thanks to yeah, Mr. Felix Fernandez. Exactly. This is good. This is it's it's almost the 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 opposite of what I care about, which is that no one ever throws a perfect game again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I I love that pursuit. I I love following a perfect game, like following someone through four, five, six innings, and they've got that perfect game going. I know it's not going to happen, but every single baseball game I go to, or every single baseball game I watch, I get really pissed off if you know they give up a hit. For the you know the second guy up, all that sort of stuff. That's a good one because so you've that. never seen a perfect game as a I baseball. Fan. Like you've never interacted with it as a baseball fan. No, right? because correct. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, okay. So what's the third thing? The third one, and this is very important to me as well because this this did change my life. It's City Field fried Oreos. <laughs> wow, amazing answer. I had never had fried oreos before in fact they sounded disgusting to me i didn't want to i i i had no interest in trying them but we went to city field once and and my girlfriend at the time now my wife got some for us and she said just just try it and i'm like no no way i want to give this a go this looks disgusting uh i i don't think it'll be any good i haven't really had any 
like deserted, like sweets fried, Just right? Disgusting American. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then when I bit into that bad boy, oh my goodness. So I, I love I love that this is your third answer. One, because I didn't even know they had them at, at City Field, but I do like fried Oreos are essentially one of the most just quintessential American disgusting food. I know Jake hates it. I'm very aware that Jake is like totally opposed to everything Jake would ever put in his body. But. Might be the one food I would not want to eat. Really? That's how I yeah. thought I was going to be. I yeah. really genuinely eaten, thought that. I I was once in Australia and I had, you know, every weird rodent you people have down there, crocodile, kangaroo. <laughs> Kangaroo's know. delicious, to be fair. It is it is good. It yeah. Is good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll eat anything, but fried Oreos are not for me. So Chris, that's, I'm that's glad that we best. can have we can embrace debate here. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Well, I guess you won't be uh, sharing a fried Oreo at City Field. But I would happily do it. I've only had it at like state fairs and stuff. I've never had it at a baseball game, but I will happily uh, join you in that venture. That is a great answer. Uh, big time Timmy Jim pursuits of perfect games and fried Oreos. You will fit in just fine, Chris Tyler. It is a pleasure to have you here as our producer. Uh, that is just about going to do it for this first episode since we went. Now, I will also say, we hope these episodes will not be over an hour every week. We would like them to be a little bit more. Oh, no, they, uh, they will They will be shorter. Um, this one will be like around an hour 10, but, you know, we had to introduce ourselves. We will be briefer mm-hmm. and shorter, staying under an hour. We will be going twice a week. The next one will come out on Monday. Make sure you email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. We are so genuinely joyed to be back like it, it it's just great and thank you and all also, for your support and your and your vibes also yeah thank you to, to chris for producing uh we're excited to be part of the serious and family and and while i joke that no it was not the plan to come back during the postseason it is pretty cool to show up and all the games immediately mean a lot <laughs> like i we don't have to slog through uh random stuff in may that definitely means less than we think it does uh and for that we are so excited to be here and we will talk to you on Monday. Sirius XM Podcasts.